I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Stephen Hewson. In the program today, we talk with New All Black Sonny Bill Williams. We get the thoughts of rugby league legend Wally Lewis ahead of the Kangaroos and Kiwis Four Nations League Test. And we hear from the organiser of the World Rowing Champs on Lake Karapiro. Sonny Bill Williams will make his much-anticipated All Blacks debut against England this weekend, completing his switch from rugby league to rugby union. He began his rugby union professional career in France at Toulon a couple of years ago, playing alongside Tanarumanga, having walked out on National Rugby League side the Canterbury Bulldogs. He played for Canterbury in the NPC season this year, and he's now in the All Blacks starting lineup. He told David Long he's been getting plenty of helpful advice from midfield partner Martin Nonu. Just to relax. You know? That's probably it because sometimes you tend to, when you're coming into a new environment, you want to you show, you know, you want to prove yourself to your teammates that you tend to run around like a headless chook. So um, just, just probably to relax. And you know, he said to him, he, you know, he just gives me confidence that you know, you've been in big games before and you know, you know what to expect. So... Sometimes, you know, I'm a bit too hard hard on myself uh, as a player, but I guess when I get that jersey, I'll probably, you know, just satisfaction and be proud of myself, but at the same time, you know, there's a job to do. And I remember when I was a young fella, I always, you know, just wanted to play one NRL game. So, you know, when I come to r- rugby, all I wanted to do was just play one game for the All Blacks. So, I said before, I didn't feel like a All Black until, until I've played. So, you know, um, God willing, I get through the next couple of days without a you know, strain of the muscle or something like that, something stupid like that, so, and then I get to run out there, it's going to, I'm still buzzing, mate. You were quite nervous when you first came to Canterbury, how do you think you're going to be for this one? Yeah, definitely nervous, but um, at the same time, I ho- hopefully when I get out there, it's just another game, that's what it was like when I went, you know, um, when, I, when I played for Canterbury, just the whole hype and, and things like that, so hopefully when I get out between those those lines, bro, it's, it's all good. I think a lot of people from the outside looking in think the two games are just the same, you know, but the two games are so, so different. Uh, it's been a lot of hard work, a lot of, you know, just grinding away and a lot of, you know, trial and error, but at the same time getting back up and, and trying again. So, um, you know, I know i still got a lot, long way to go, but definitely on the right track. Yeah, for your first game for Canada, well, your first few, you sort of kept it simple and still got more, express yourself more each game. Do you think your first All Blacks, is it going to be like it was... You gonna express yourself again, or where you take over your thoughts? Gonna be- yeah, I'm not too sure, bro. It just depends on how the game unfolds. You know, um, if it's a slow game, you know, just just how how the game unfolds, I'll just be looking to do what I can to um, first and foremost, you know, win with the, with the team and play my part, play my role. And if um, you know opportunities come where I can express myself, they do. If they if not, I just have to, you know, make. As many tackles as I have to, then you know I'll definitely be doing it. How did your mum react when you told her you were starting? Yeah, she's over the moon, eh? Um, just really delighted and, and happy. So first thing she said is that um, you know my she she's my nana lives next door to her, so she said oh, I'll be waking up nana, she'll be coming around sleeping at my house watching watching the game and that because she she always loves watching the hucker. 
That's Sonny Bill Williams. New Zealand and Australia will play their final round-robin match of the Four Nations Rugby League competition on Saturday at Eden Park. It's in effect a dead rubber with both teams having already qualified for the final next weekend in Brisbane. Don't mention that to Kiwis coach Stephen Kearney, though, who insists his team's solely focused on winning. The former Australia captain Wally Lewis spoke to Richard Wayne about how he sees the match unfolding. The Australians will claim that uh, they've still got a bit of improving to do um, and uh, four changes from last week, so it won't be exactly the same as what takes to the field in the final, but um, you've only got to line these two, uh, uh, two teams up and they could have 12 changes out of 13, but you'd still see a classic encounter. They hate each other on the footy field and uh, you know that international rivalry is alive and well. What do you reckon the Kiwis uh, seem to have a, a lot of depth now, whereas you know, maybe a few, even if two or three years ago, three years ago they didn't have so much depth? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. Depth is, is really their strong point. Uh, they really have promoted themselves quite well. Playing international football has been boosted. Um, I think there's been a few players that really have benefited from playing in the National Rugby League competition. It's made them uh, a lot more consistent. Uh, a lot harder, a lot tougher, and uh, uh, also having uh, Stephen Kearney as coach is, is a real bonus. I think he's he's worked in uh, very well with uh, with Wayne Bennett, and uh, the expectation that he has of his, of his players uh, has been uh, lived up to uh, by the boys out on the uh, the track. They've done a very good job, but I'm pretty sure I'd be right in saying that uh, their job's not done yet, and they're uh, they're not feeling all that comfortable. They uh, they will be if they get to be able to walk off the field with a title. Where do you think it's going to be won and lost on Saturday night? They just Got to make sure that they uh, they dictate terms. That's uh, what the, you know, the I'm sure the Australians will be planning. But uh, Benji's a, a, a bloke that uh, that, that probably um, plans the, the game a little bit more now than he used to. And I think that's uh, probably the most important issue. Not just to play um, one out type of football. You've got to have a, a total team performance. And the way that the uh, the New Zealanders have displayed that uh, in the first two games has been very impressive. No talk of a dead rubber between these teams. Apparently, I mean the result is meaningless for the competition but obviously it means everything to the teams going into next week If it was between England and France, England and Australia it probably would be a dead rubber but Australia and New Zealand, there is no such thing um, that international uh, distaste, uh, disliking call it whatever you like, it's, it's marvellous to see that, uh, that these countries you know, who, uh, who went into war alongside each other and uh, you know, the, the, the famous Anzac tradition was created, that doesn't exist on the football field unfortunately they're the worst of enemies and I think that has been the outstanding promotion for rugby league. And finally if you were to pick um, one player to make a difference across the two teams on Saturday? Uh, on Saturday, I think it's it's hard to go past uh, Benji Marshall. But if you're looking for who it's going to be, you know, in in this game uh, for the Australians, uh, Carney in his first game for Australian colours. So it's uh, it's, it's going to be a classic opportunity for him to be able to say to selectors, "I'm the bloke that uh, deserves the job." After Darren Lockyer hangs up the jersey on the uh, on the hook, so it'll be an interesting occasion. This one, yeah, it'll be exciting to see those two go up against each other, won't it? Yeah, yeah, it will be. Every time you get the chance to be able to see them either at club level or international footy, I think is going to be worth the price of admission alone. That's Wally Lewis speaking to Richard Wayne. You're listening to Extra Time, a web-only sports programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. The World Rowing Champs are being held on Lake Karapiro near Hamilton this week. More than 800 rowers from 50 countries are competing. The chief executive of the organising committee is Tom Mayo who told Andrew McRae the whole experience has been a steep learning curve. 
just the, the you know the number of people that are coming here you know and trying to manage their expectations as well as that you know if it does start earlier it does move later on is that we're managing crowd expectations and in a lot of regattas there isn't you know the crowd is minimal and they're often rowing enthusiasts so they're watching websites they understand that you know finals can move morning or afternoon now we won't start earlier than 10 or you know we won't be going through till later but I think that's being a big education for us is just trying to tell the public that you know get in the gates by 10 and then the finals you know they, they could be moved forwards or backwards you know it's just a um, it's just the nature of an outdoor sport. Talking of crowds um, have you been happy with the numbers so far? Yes, I have. I mean, I would love twenty thousand today, <laughs> but in real, you know, realistically, you can't, you can't get that. But so far, so good. I mean, we've still got some tickets to get it, um, to come in to get across the line and get across. But um, it's all right so far. Well, how many have been sold so far? We're just over fifty thousand, um, which is a neat number to have, um, and we've got capacity to be able to take about another ten thousand. So um, you know, we're we're close to half capacity, and there is room for the general public to come down and have a you know watch something that they won't see before. You've spent the last few years organising this. Is everything going to plan? It's you never realise how it all fits together because you practice something. You know, you'll test your park and ride, you'll test your opening ceremony, you'll test your frequencies. You you test all these things together, but it you don't. It's very you don't have the opportunity to put them all into one mix together. I mean, we've timed the number of buses coming to and from the venue, but you don't really see it when it all interlinks. And I think that's take. It always takes a couple of days to settle when all of the traffic patterns happen on the lake and all the boats work together. And I think that's been you know incredible how that's all sort of joined in. Um, and yeah, we sort of you know teething problems here and teething problems there and um, but you know so far it's you know it's gone smoothly and the planning has been worth it knowing what you know now halfway through would you have changed anything um, I would cover the whole course in a big roof <laughs> and stop the wind coming down um, I think you know you can always try and improve but um, I think if you go again for a second time you lose the enthusiasm of a first time event you know you, you don't want to see you know having this event year upon year upon year wouldn't wouldn't give it you know it's sort of its presence and its aura but um, yeah of course you tweak certain things but um, you know the volunteers have gone way beyond our expectations just the enthusiasm the excitement all of that and you, you, yeah that'll be another generation that brings that when the event comes back because an event like this wouldn't have happened without the volunteers would it full stop just no way absolutely no way and do you know what some events go on with volunteers but not the quality of volunteers that we're experiencing here and just you know they they are they're living and breathing this thing and um yeah they're making this championships incredibly special and from the the athletes point of view they seem really relaxed and happy out there that's the feeling you're getting yeah i'm getting that feeling i mean athletes as long as they arrive here on time and they're fed you know you've got to look after their basic needs and that's what they're after i mean there's no prima donnas out there at all they're a really nice bunch of people um yeah and they're happy but they're they're going through an anxious phase as well you know they're either making they're either progressing or they're not progressing and there's huge changes in their lives because if they do progress to a final they might have funding if they don't progress then they won't have funding or it might be selection for an international olympic crew which is in 18 months time so there's a lot of you know changes in people's lives going on over there which you've got to appreciate the highs and lows are huge you know medals are being you know won and lost you know and lives are being changed some people are going to retire after this others are going to kick on and become world heroes so yeah it's it's an interesting you know, area in the athlete area compared to when you're in the spectator area. What's the feedback you're getting from team management, from all the teams and the actual athletes themselves? 
what are they saying? It's really, yeah, they like it. I mean, it's, it's good. I mean, they, they just worry about, you know, we provide the food and the transport and logistics and the setup and making sure they're comfortable. We're providing an environment for them to perform at the highest possible level. And we've set our benchmark high, and so far, it's good. You know, I'll, you know let's have a look at it on Sunday and reevaluate. But, um, you know, there, there are no issues in the team managers' meetings. You know, there is no issues from us. I think it's just now, you know, it is get that right over there with the athletes, and the rest of it takes care of itself. Yeah, I know government officials are watching this closely with the World Rugby World Cup in mind. Mm. What do you think they can learn from this event? Just the, um, you know, I speak to them all the time. They're coming through for all sorts of tours and they're really supportive. They've been very supportive with us over the last, you know, 18 months and learning lots of things. And I think they'll appreciate here just the volunteers and what that really is. You know, it is the, you know, it's the it'll be a huge organisation with the volunteers. But get it right for the athletes and get it right for the volunteers and make it simple for spectators. You know, sort of just some key things there, and you know, volunteers have been on board well over a year. You know, we've had, you know, we've been out on here paddling around the lake in sort of kayaks and canoes and getting to know each other. And you know, we've all been through a lot together before you get here. We didn't just put 500 people in place. We had 500 people on a list a year ago, and we got in very early and we got to know each other. And you know, we had our arguments six months ago. So by the time it's here, everyone's on the up and up, and everyone had to earn their position. You know, no one was given a job. You know, no one just said, "Oh, you're a nice guy. Here you go." 60 people. You you know, applied for the, the head boat driver's role, um, and that's rare. Um, and hence, the, we got the best possible person to do it. And they were then followed by the next two. And, you know, the quality is there because it's been a, a recruitment process, you know, the whole thing. But, yeah, it's, and that's what the rugby should look for. It's, you know, the volunteers and the athletes get those two things right. And funny enough, how the rest of the jigsaw fits in place. I think one of the key things here, you've got, you've got obviously security like you have to and accreditation, that sort of thing. But there still seems to be an informal approach. It's sort of a casual but serious, yeah. Yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, it is, and we, we saw that. I mean, we saw it from Henley, actually, is that the the best security guard is no security guard in a sense. You don't want people walking around sort of overly officious. And, you know, we've got our volunteers here. You know, it's the most simplest accreditation in the world. There's two letters. You either have them or you don't have them. There's not big, you know, passes and special VVVIPs. You know, everyone's sitting here. It's all very... And the spectator services, the volunteers, they're guiding people. They know exactly where to go and where not to let people go. And, and it's making that family atmosphere and, you know, athletes can pass over and see their parents. We've got a kiss and cry zone, you know, where they can either, you know, kiss and cheer or they can cry and, you know, their sorrows or you know, cry and joy. But, you know, we, we're trying to make it you know, an area where they can, where can all mix and keep it, you know, family-friendly environment. That's Tom Mayo, the Chief Executive of the World Rowing Championship Organising Committee, and he was talking to Andrew McRae. That's the show for this week. Remember, your feedback's welcome, and you can email us at sport at radionz.co.nz. And you can get the latest sports news anytime on our website. Well, we'll be back with the next web-only Extra Time show next week. I'm Stephen Hewson. Bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.